Songezo Mapepe on SAFM. Now, because it is the new hour in on a Tuesday, the African Narrative is a segment, and Dr. Stephen Gordon, who is a senior research specialist at the HSRC's Developmental, Capable and Ethical State Research Division, is on the line, and we are talking about, and I'll read this so that he can take it literally from where I leave it. The Human Sciences Research Council, together with market research partners, Ipsos, has looked at anti-immigrant sentiment in South Africa. The survey was conducted with a view to understanding how refugees, asylum seekers and cross-border migrants are viewed in the country. The survey is crucial to assisting government and civil society to develop and implement, amongst others, effective public communication campaigns and other initiatives which can reshape attitudes, behaviours and perceptions towards foreign nationals. Reflecting upon the significance of the survey and the implications for South Africa, Dr. Stephen Gordon from the HSRC's Developmental, Capable and Ethical State, DCES Research Division, has said, quote, as South Africa recovers from the economic challenges which have been exacerbated by COVID-19 pandemic, it is increasingly important to implement initiatives that address anti-immigrant sentiments, behaviours, attitudes and perceptions, which are likely to increase amidst more, comp- amidst more competition for jobs and scarce resources. In many respects, you probably can say to this, Dr. Stephen Gordon, thanks and welcome to the show, what you have just said and what your research has uncovered, you can probably say, I thought so, or I told you so. In many respects, I wouldn't imagine you were too shocked in terms of what the research has told you. Or are you? You do raise a very interesting point. You know, researchers for a number of years, and I am one of them, have been looking at the issue of anti-immigrant sentiment in South Africa and have found quite consistent and negative results measuring high levels of anti-immigrant sentiment in many parts of the population. What we wanted to do with this study is move beyond sort of simple dissections of the population into xenophobic or not xenophobic and conduct an attitudinal segmentation, breaking the population up into distinct opinion groups. We identified four groups. So we identified liberals, those who were the most open-minded and tolerant on the issue of refugees and cross-border migrants. This was about a fifth of the population surveyed. We identified the careful cohort. These are people who are tolerant towards refugees and cross-border migrants, but are very worried about the impact of immigration on South African society. There's the ambivalent cohort, those people who are largely detached from the issues, about a third of the population surveyed. And finally, there's the judgmental cohort. These people are the most negative, the most hostile towards refugees and asylum seekers, towards cross-border migrants. This constitutes about 26% of the provincial population. Now, we looked at... Limpopo, Gauteng, the Western Cape, and KwaZulu-Natal, those four provinces where most foreign nationals live. But I feel very strongly, as someone who's looked at this issue for about a decade now, that these groups can be applied to other provinces in South Africa. Um, There's this hashtag that says, put South Africans first, and I'm sure you may have come across it, certainly in the social media spaces. That's a hashtag that confirms a sentiment that represents that 26% from what I hear you say. 
And of course, that percentage will only increase given the fact that there will be more competition for jobs. There will be more competition for the state's resources, more especially in an in economic climate that is as strained as it is probably the worst we've had in the democratic dispensation. So, of course, this issue then becomes more prevalent than it probably has been before. How do we legitimately engage South Africans who feel as though, well, in situations where we find ourselves where we are, this is a good opportunity for us to just reimagine the South African society where South Africans themselves are preferred, much in the same way Triple BEE does prefer Africans over whites in the country, in this case South Africans over foreign nationals, and how equally do we oblige our international law obligations for this migrant community? You know, you touched on something very, very important. You know, when we conducted the survey, we asked people about the link between immigration and a range of social problems, not just unemployment, but crime, disease, and welfare drain. And we found that people were very quick to make those associations. About of people thought that immigration led to many social problems in our country. And during times of scarcity, during times of hardship, during times of uncertainty, it's very easy to scapegoat vulnerable minorities, to point to a group of people and say, if only these people weren't here, everything would be better. But the simple truth of the matter is, there is no empirical evidence for the assumption that immigration is bad for economic growth, is bad for local labor markets, and increases crime. You know, the empirical evidence suggests that these are false assumptions. Indeed, those studies which have been done, including a World Bank study from 2018, found that immigration actually has a positive effect on local labor markets. That large-scale study, looking at dates from 1996 to 2011, found that for one immigrant worker, employed in the South African labor market, this creates two jobs for local workers. So I would push back against anyone trying to make the claim that immigration is somehow bad for local labor market. In fact, it seems to be quite good. One of the reasons we have high unemployment in South Africa is not enough people are coming to our country, starting businesses, not enough people in our communities are starting businesses that employ People. It would be great if there were more people starting businesses that employed people in towns and villages across South Africa. I'm going to ask you a question as a follow-up to that, because if you look at the rural economy, particularly the spaza shop economy, many of those spaza shops are owned by foreign nationals. And in that case, to follow on in terms of how they, the immigrant community, does lend itself to employment. Many of those spaza shops, foreign-owned as they may be, provide a lot of support in the way of income for those who are employed there. And those who are employed almost exclusively would then be South Africans in those communities where these spaza shops operate. That's going to be the question that I'm going to ask as well. I'm going to ask you to continue on that. And as a follow-up to that, for those who are interested, it's a question and a conversation on migration. Let's have some of the raw South African feelings on this, not because we want to out anybody, or because we are rude or disrespectful in any way. Rather, we're trying to get to the bottom of a scab that every now and then in South Africa has to be peeled for whatever reason. Now we're going to use COVID. On another day, we will use this, that, or the other. The Viewpoint, holding no bars. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM.
on SAFM. Dr. Stephen Gordon talking to us about immigration, anti-immigrant sentiment in the country as a result of the numbers of refugees, asylum seekers and cross-border migrants, some of which are mostly economic migrants. Of course, there are criminal elements in that that cannot be disputed nor ignored. Senior Researcher Specialist at the HSRC's Developmental Capable and Ethical State Research Division. Well, the research has come up with a couple of things that we can talk about and specifically we are on the mic about the opportunities that migrants offered to local communities. That's at least a good thing about this immigrant sentiment. Necessarily, not necessarily anti, but there will be an anti-immigrant sentiment that we will deal with. But for now, this, I think it's also important. Stephen? Yes, you know, one of the things I'd like to say on this issue is that if people have contacts with immigrants or refugees, they tend to hold less prejudicial sentiments towards these groups. Indeed, if we looked at those people with acquaintanceship with these communities or friendships with these communities, they tend to, they tend to display much lower levels of prejudicial attitudes. This lets us know that you know, some of the assumptions that people have about immigration often formed in ignorance of actual immigrants themselves. And Moving on that issue, you know, we wanted to know where people got their information about immigration. Where do these sentiments come from? So we asked people, you know, what is the best, most trusted source of information on immigration in South Africa? And while we might think, as you mentioned earlier, that social media would come through quite strongly, it was actually the broadcast media which merged overwhelmingly with television and radio highlighted as the most trusted sources of information about immigration. We can ask where do people get their notions, their stereotypes about cross-border migrants and refugees, and it would seem that broadcast media, traditional media, has a role to play, certainly in pushing back against some of the negative stereotypes we've talked about today. Let's talk about the fact that um there has been credible reports coming from the security enforcement agencies when they oftentimes catch these thieves, criminals who are destroying public infrastructure, particularly the rail infrastructure and ESCOM infrastructure, which gives us the kinds of problems we have with the SOEs attached to such industries, Prasa and ESCOM in particular. And of course, a lot of the cross-border car theft that is a fact for somebody who lives in Gauteng, Mpumalanga, as well as Limpopo provinces. This is what one has to contend with. A lot of the time, these thieves are undocumented persons coming from outside the borders of Africa. Of course, it is a question of border control and safety, and that's a question for Public Works Stroke, the National Defense Force. But the reality is it is a lived experience thus for Stephen Songers and everybody else who has to contend with this. How is this anti-sentiment then further driven by the realities of the criminal elements within these communities? I want to talk about an example that happened in Victoria West. In Victoria West, there was an outbreak of anti-immigrant violence with communities putting forward some of the sentiments you've put forward around here. And the Minister of Home Affairs at the time went to the community and was attending a church service. And he said, you know, we don't talk about black crime or white crime, Zulu crime, and so we shouldn't really talk about There is crime, there are people who commit criminal acts, but to stigmatize an entire population, an entire group 
of people as inherently criminal, as inherently dishonest, as inherently violent, this unfortunately is the telltale mark of prejudice. And prejudice against minority groups often leads to very, very bad actions. So again, I would be very hesitant to stereotype an entire group of people living in South Africa, many of them contributing meaningfully to their communities through economic and social endeavors as inherently criminal, violent, or dishonest. Final question to you in relation to this. Do we have a regulatory setup as well as regional integration or related bodies or instruments at law that facilitate for a better framework as currently is, more especially when you talk about the growing anti-immigrant sentiment altogether. Surely we need the framework to better be harnessed so that we can drop this ghastly statistic. There are two main issues I would like to talk about here. Firstly is the issue of regional integration and pan-Africanism. South Africa is part of a continental movement to create a stronger, more prosperous African Union. It's part of free trade and open border agreements that seek to reduce the barriers between nations so that all those nations can be stronger together. This effort is undermined by xenophobia, undermining our reputation on the continent and the economic benefits that can come from that. Secondly, one of the main problems with immigration in South Africa is the issue of integration, that immigrants are ostracized, communities not allowed to participate in community life, and if South Africa had well-developed immigrant integration programs, this would ensure the full participation of non-nationals in social, economic, and civil life in the country, making them less prone to ostracization, less prone to prejudice, and more beneficial members of society. The need for integration programs has been acknowledged by the South African government itself, and hopefully will be part of meaningful immigration legislation reform. Let's leave it there then and express our gratitude to you then, Dr. Stephen Gordon, Senior Research Specialist at the HSRC's Developmental, Capable and Ethical State Research Division. As we do so, let me read a couple of messages which are expressions from our listeners at home. De Beers says, Good evening, Songhezo. Sometimes I wish my fellow South Africans must travel around African continent and see that country like Namibia and Angola. There's so many South Africans, but you can't hear this nonsense of so-called xenophobia and people in the media and politicians you're the most behind this De Beers in I don't know where De Beers is but nonetheless thanks for your thoughts and comments there De Beers many respects I agree with you as one who's been fortunate enough to travel chapter 2 KZN good evening brother Songhezo missing a point here the failure of our government to protect our borders has led to an unaccountable number of foreigners in our country stats reveal that 90% of prisons arrest prisoners arrested for cable theft are foreigners the arms and explosive trade comes from neighboring countries we have a crisis with non-regulated foreigners in our country thank you very much to chapter two de beers thank you very much to those of you at home who have in all your ways participated twitter i am certainly there and appreciate those comments and i'll reply to you personally it is time for me to be out and it's also an opportunity for the second episode of a quest for justice a narration by albie sachs